Hello and a very warm welcome to the Body Shots Boxing Podcast. I'm Ronald McIntosh, boxing commentator for the BBC, and our exclusive special guest on this edition of the program is a young man who's been at the forefront of British and world boxing for a decade, and he's still in his 20s. Amir Khan won a silver medal at the tender age of 17 at the Athens Olympics in 2004, a life-changing event that saw him thrust into the spotlight and elevated to the status of a somewhat accidental national hero. I come off the airplane and there's people like Kelly Holmes are next to me and Paula Radcliffe and people are showing Amir Khan and they want to take a picture of me and they want an autograph. Yeah, I wasn't prepared man at all because I didn't know how to do an autograph, honestly, that's the honest truth. Amir Khan reflecting on the moment his life changed from being an ordinary boy who loved boxing to that of a sporting and cultural icon. We'll hear this and many more revelations and insights as Amir Khan speaks exclusively to the Body Shot Boxing Podcast. Amir King Khan is currently a man without a crown in the realm of professional boxing, but a look back over his resume soon reveals that he's accomplished an incredible amount in a paid career that began at the age of 18. From topping the bill in Manchester, London, New York and Las Vegas to winning and losing fights in spectacular fashion, Khan is consistently one of the most exciting, entertaining, crowd-pleasing boxers in the business. And the one-time boy wonder from Bolton still has ambitions to strengthen his standing in the sport by boxing against the very best. Khan addressed a wide range of issues during our candid conversation, family, fatherhood and the fight that never was against Floyd Mayweather Jr. But he began by looking back, reflecting on what he was like as a wide-eyed teenager who possessed quicksilver fists and unlimited ambition in the sport of boxing. As a boxer, you know, I was, um, you know, just one of them fighters who just wanted to achieve everything I can and and be the best. Um, and then, as a person, you know, I was humble. Um, I'm still humble now. I mean, you know, I was just a, a mummy's boy. You know, what I mean, didn't know what was going on. Didn't see. I mean, life changed around me. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I mean, it was crazy how life, you know, around me changed, and I just had to kind of be a lot more mature than guys who were my age at the age of 17. When the boys are going out partying, chilling, I couldn't do that. I was in the house. I was going to bed early tra- for training camp, and yeah, it was. It, it seems like for, it seems like a very long time, but the amount of things I've done since then, I mean, it's been crazy. But it's been a roller coaster. You know, I, I've loved every minute of it, and. If someone asked me that, have I, have I regretted anything? No, because I mean things happen for a reason and I've loved every minute of what's happened. Just elaborate on that for us because you went over there as a one-man boxing team. You're yeah. all by yourself and you went all the way through to the gold medal bout. Yeah. How prepared were you for the stardom that was awaiting for you when you stepped off the plane in London returning with that silver medal? Yeah, I wasn't prepared, man, at all. Because I didn't know how to do an autograph, honestly, that's the honest truth. And I remember when um, I come off the airplane and there's people like Kelly Holmes are next, right next to me and Paula Radcliffe and people are showing Amir Khan. And they want to take a picture of me and they want an autograph. I'm never, I've never had, ta- had a picture taken with anyone at that time. You know, I was 17, young boy, won the world championships, nothing, never got no recognition for it. from it. I won the Europeans numerous times, never got the recognition. I was national champion. But the, the recognition I got from the Olympics, like just coming home after like seven days of, no, 14 days of the Olympics, changed my life around big time. Like people asking me, like become a household name overnight. And everywhere I would go and people knew who Amir Khan was. So in a way I lost my freedom and everything. It was crazy, man. Having covered you since that time when you were an amateur, yeah. your dad always said to me, Amir is born to fight. 
What do you think your dad means by that phrase? What are the qualities that you possess since you were a kid who first put on the gloves when you were eight? What are the qualities that makes your dad say that statement? Um, I'm a hungry fighter, you know, I'm one of them fighters who gives 100% in the gym, works hard and, and just doesn't give up. I mean, you, you win fights, you lose fights, I just, I'm just one of them fighters who just keeps on giving, you know, giving 100%. And like I said, there, are, there have come times where, you know, things have gone wrong for me, but the way I've come back from it, I've come back stronger from it. Plus, I've never gave up, you know, I've, I've, I've never, let it, never let it get to me. I've always gone back to the gym, worked harder, changed things around my camp, and maybe that's where he means, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm a strong kid that way. But why boxing? Your dad worked hard, he built up the family business, you had other options available to you. Why did you choose the sport of boxing? What is it that so appealed to you, and what is it that just seems to be a perfect calling for you and your personality? I think it was just I was very hyperactive when I was younger and I think it was just boxing that could have helped me and taught me something, you know, and gave me that discipline. Other, other than boxing, I mean, I believe boxing is the toughest sport in the world. I needed the toughest sport in the world to kind of keep my feet on the ground and also kind of divert that energy into something positive and also get, teach me discipline. And that's what boxing did to me. I mean, I've never looked back since. Since I went into that gym, I remember the first day I went in the gym and I smelled that blood, smelled that sweat and the bags being punched and... You know, I, was, I loved every minute of it. I was like, this is where I want to be. And having achieved that silver medal at the age of 17, your professional career has gone incredibly well yeah. with world titles, unifying world titles, defeats as well. Ten years into your professional tenure, how does your career compare to what you thought it would be when you returned from Athens? Um, I've achieved so much. I mean, it, I was happy winning one world title and, you know, um, just... That was about it, really, our winning British or European title. I mean, the Olympics was a big highlight of, of my career, but then when I, won the, when I won the world title and then I become two-time world champion, that kind of just made me more hungry for that parent-for-parent title. But you know what? I've achieved so much in my career that, you know, even if I had to stop tomorrow, I'd be so happy because, I mean, you know, God's been very kind. But, I mean, with those fighters, what it's, what it's taught me now is to go out there and and give it... M Train, train harder, give it 100% more because I want to, I want to win more things. You know, I want to, I want to become a bigger champion than I am. I want to become a household name. Uh, I want that feeling again. You know, when I come back from the Olympics, uh, where everyone was going crazy. I think the only time everyone's going to go crazy again like that is when I become a pound for pound world title champion holder. You know, so I mean, it's a great feeling, but um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a very tough sport. That's why um, us fighters are always respectful and down to earth and. Our feet on the ground, yeah. But you say it's a very tough sport. Yeah. It's perhaps even tougher from a business aspect. <laughs> so tell us about that. What have you learned about the business aspects of professional boxing? And again, how did it compare to the notions that you had before you turned pro? I mean, when I turned professional, business side of it, I just stayed out of. Um, I never really got involved in it. They didn't know anything about it. So I thought it's just normal, you know, the best fight the best and that's about it. But I'm telling you, with the pro game, it's, uh, it's different, man, honestly. Look at that Floyd Mayweather fight was in the bag. It didn't happen. I mean, took took 12 months of my career, you know, not fighting. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to uh, whinge about it and complain about it. It just, it's things happen and I've just kind of understood now where, you know, you can never be confident about your opponent having something sealed till he's in the ring in front of you you know, in the opposite corner because I've had things signed and spoke to fighters and they've said, yeah, we're going to fight you next. And you know what, I've, 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 a month later, they've changed their mind. So, yeah, boxing is a, is a, is a, is a crazy business. 
you know, and you have to respect it, but still at the same time you have to be aware of what's going on because it's, uh, it can become a dirty sport as well. Just elaborate on that for us, because as you say, we all received news that you signed the pre-contract to Floyd Mayweather way back in December. The fight with Devin Alexander didn't take place when you had a world title shot lined up. The decisions made that's been made, given your time again, would you do things differently? Would you do things the same? How would you approach a potential Floyd Mayweather fight with a Devin Alexander fight in the offing? Yeah, definitely. You know, I would definitely change a lot of things. I mean, one thing we would change now is uh, not taking it. We would take the Alexander fight because that was a win fight for us. It was a winnable fight for us. It was a fight that I could win and look good against Alexander. Um, and it was, on, it was for a world title at a welterweight. Um, I didn't take that fight because I was promised uh, the Floyd Mayweather fight and then... Um, they told me, you know, look, take time off because you might get an injury. I think it's best if you wait for the big fight. Alexander will always be there. The mother fights will always be there for me. But Mayweather might only have one or two fights left in his career. So he might not be there, you know, and I want to fight the best out there. So when I took that time off, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, contracts were signed by me, my team. Mayweather's team sent us contracts. We signed them. We sent them back to Floyd's camp. And um, we thought the fight's in the pocket. You know, it's in the bag. I got it. Um, kept quiet about it for a long, a long time till I started hearing the Maidana name. That's when I thought, you know what, forget this one. I mean, I need to be told, you know, I know Floyd's the main man. And I know he needs, he needs, I need to be told of who I'm fighting. I need to stand up for myself. And that's what I did. And then, like, I kind of got the, the drift of that. The fight's not happening. But I still trained because you don't know Floyd. Floyd's one of them guys, you know, he want to catch you off guard. I think one of the biggest problems was that Floyd probably saw me in the gym, saw me being in good shape and thought, you know, I want to catch him off guard, which he does with other fighters. If you look at Canelo, if you look at Madonna, if you look at Ortiz and you look at Guerrero, he caught all them guys off guard when they're out of the gym, not training. You know what I mean? He wasn't going to do that with me. You know, we all respect how great of a fighter he is, but you know maybe I had that little bit of advantage ahead of him, and you know you know a bit of Floyd you know wants to have all the advantages on his side, but maybe that's what kind of kind of thought he probably thought wait a minute I may have been in the gym let's just go for Madonna who's not been in the gym, so he took Madonna instead who's not been in the gym who's who's just enjoying a time off put put a lot of weight on. Um, but on top of that, I'm not taking nothing away from Maidana because he put on a great fight against Barona and he beat Barona. So, you know, he deserves it in, in a sense. Um, but if I knew it was going to be Lazis, I would definitely take an Alexander fight and, won and, and won become a world champion. And then he probably would have had to take in the fight. But things happen for a reason. Yeah. So given the way it's all panned out, world title fight, you've let go. Floyd Mayweather, you thought you had as you'd signed your end of the contract, but he hadn't signed his. Now there's no Floyd Mayweather yeah. fight. How would you sum up the emotions as they stand as a result of that experience? You know what? I, I tell you one thing. I mean, I think it's it's not been as bad as it looks or it sounds because I've had time to spend with my trainer, Virgil. I've had time to spend with my strength conditioner, Tony, to work on mistakes that I always make. I've had, I had like three mini camps in between. And, and I was in training camp even though, you know... Um, I didn't have a fight coming up, so that gave me the chance to work on the mistakes I make and to improve them and, you know, to kind of fix up my style. Um, you can't normally do that if you've got an opponent you have to look forward to, you know. If, you, if you're fighting someone, then you have to focus on that one style, how to beat your opponent. But whereas I was in mini camps for weeks and weeks and we were working on different strategies of, you know, how to become a better fighter. 
and that helped me big time. And plus, on top of that, I got to build a better relationship with me, with myself and, and Virgil and also Tony. And strength conditioning-wise, if I am moving up to 147, I need to be strong. And honestly, I can say my, my strength has gone up 50%. I mean, I've been working a lot on strength conditioning and got so much stronger compared to how I used to be at 140. Uh, I know I'm a different, different type of fighter now, punch power-wise and also strength-wise. So knowing the sport as you do, knowing the business as you do, where would you say your career stands at this point, 10 years in? At this moment in time, no world titles, no opponent in your thing at the moment. Where would you say your career stands at this precise moment in time? I mean, it's still, you know, it's still, it's still, it's still um, it stands very bright for me because, you know, still being a baby in the sport of boxing, I mean, people don't hit their peak, you know, uh, till, till they're like in their 30s. I mean, I'm only a baby. Um, I'm only I'm only just turned 27, so you know, I've got my best years to come still. I've got a new trainer. I've been working on new things, and I'm enjoying it more than anything. I mean, I love boxing. You know, I love I love the sport. I'm a, I'm a boxing fan, and that's why I like to go to different boxing clubs around 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 the country. You know, just to train there with fighters, see how boxers train. Um, I'm probably a bigger fan than I am a fighter, really. You know, so I'm just enjoying myself, and like I said, I don't let the negativity get to me. I just kind of keep cool. And how is your new status as a husband? You're about to become a father. How has your perspective changed? How has that helped you? That new farm maturity, how has that helped you in keeping cool with all this craziness of the boxing business swirling around you? It's helped me big time. You know, my wife's great. She's, um, she's helped me keep focused. And you know, at times she tells me to go out for a run or to train and stop hanging around at home and being lazy and eating junk food. She's always uh, keeping me on my toes. So, I mean, she's great motivation for me. You know, it's great to know that now I've got a baby coming as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for them. I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my family and for the future of my family, you know, so for the future of my kids and stuff. So it, it's great to be in this position because I think it's only making me work harder, train harder and focus more. You know, instead I would have been probably, I was, I was a single man before where I can just do what I want, when I want, had no, didn't bother about anything. But now I have uh, responsibilities, that's it, man. I have responsibilities. So, yep, don't want to upset the family. You know what I mean? So I need to work and I never want them to work. So if I have to work and if I, bring the, if, I have to, if I have to bring the bread home, then I have to keep winning. I have to keep training hard. And like I said, they're a great motivation for me. So 10 years into your career, no longer the brilliant, young, prodigiously talented teenager that you were in Athens when you won that silver medal. Yeah. But even with your newfound perspective and newfound maturity that you've acquired, how much of that wide-eyed teenager, that guy who just loves to fight, how much of that Amir Khan still exists within you, the new mature man? Um, it's still in me, you know. Um, the, the old Amir Khan is always going to be there because that's what made me. You know, that's what got me this far. So it's always going to be there because I know I work hard. The old Amir Khan works hard as the, the new Amir Khan. So there's no different in me, you know. I'm, I'm still down to earth. I, I spend time with people who like me. I spend time with the family. I still live with the family. I'm a family man and I respect my religion. I respect my parents. And that's the way I am. You know, there's no... I mean, people come over to me and say, look, wow, we can't believe the position you're in. You're so down to earth. Because I'm ne I'll never change. You know, things around me might change, but I'll always stay the same, the way I am. I'm a normal person. It's just sometimes it kind of... Uh, that scares me, but it makes me sometimes think, wow, you know, I have so much fan base. And if anyone else in my shoes would be going crazy, but with me, i got my feet on the ground, man. I mean, nothing's changed around me. I mean, even even sometimes you forget how, how famous you are when... When you're, you know, walking around thinking you're normal, you go to the normal fish and chip shop, I guess the fish and chips, and you're out there for an hour. 
Wow, we can't. And people on the street, people said to me, Wow, you're Amir Khan. Wow, we can't believe you walked into a fish and chip shop. I'm like, Look, I'm a normal guy. Wow, what makes me different? Why am I not going to walk into a fish and chip shop or a normal shop? People can't believe when I walk into a shop like normal. I mean, it even happened here. I mean, when I was, I was, in, I went to a normal paper shop to get a newspaper, and they, they couldn't believe it. I, I caught a taxi. I bought, caught a black cab today. Taxi driver couldn't believe it. I was in his cab. I was like, look, you need to relax, man. I'm a normal guy. You know what I mean? So I said, I know, I got, I know, I'm fighting May third. I don't end up fighting now. So, but now, I mean, you know, God's given me all this, and I think, you know, I have to respect it. And it's my fans who get me this far, and it's because of their support, their love. You know, that's the reason I've got so far in my career. Your goodness, a terrific insight. Just a final couple of questions. Who is your next opponent likely to be? Can you give us an exclusive here as to who you're fighting next? Man, you know, you're my boy, man. I always give you, I always tell you everything, man. But, you know, there's a few opponents we're looking at. I mean, I'm looking at, I was looking at Guerrero. I'm looking at uh, people like Clazo. I'm looking at um, uh, the Ortiz and them guys. So, really, you know, we want to fight someone who's, who's, who we can, you know, set a statement with. You know, who we can stamp a statement and tell him, look, at 147, we are here. So whoever it is, if it, I know there's uh, fighters like Clazo and there's fighters like Guerrero calling me out. I mean, it'll be one of them. I mean, I want to fight the top guys. I want to fight guys who are, you know, who have who have made a name for themselves and who people know. Because that's the position I'm in, you know what I mean? I don't want to fight these nobodies who people don't know of. Uh, and like I said, there's been a lot of talk about me fighting so many big names. So I'm just going to go for the big fights now for me. And I think the next fight will be in America. We're looking at the date, which is May 3rd. It's going to be on the same card as Mayweather. So it's, in a way, it's good to be in front of Mayweather and stay in front of his face because, you know, he, he didn't want to fight me. So we're going to be cheap support on his, on his card. So 10 years in, Olympic silver medalist, unified world champion. How much more do you think you have to achieve? What do you see as your complete career resume when you decide to hang it up? Um, when I hang it up, you know, I want to be a fighter who everyone remembers as one of the fighters who, when he goes in and when he steps into a ring, he gives it 100%. No, win or lose, I mean, I'm one of the fighters that give it 110%. I never take a step back. And I always give, give the fans what they want. I mean, I want, I'm a people's champion, and I always be remember. I want to be remembered as that. And also, I'm going to fight for the pound for pound title. I know I'll get my chance to fight for it, and one day become a pound for pound champion. I know I've got the charisma, I've got the style, I've got the fighting style, and I can go all the way. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's just about it for this edition of the Body Shots Boxing Podcast. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Team Khan, to Amir Khan for his time and for sharing his thoughts and perspective, and to everyone at Stonebridge Boxing Club, who are the most wonderful, gracious hosts. Remember, you can reach me on Twitter, at Macintosh Ronald. Get in touch there or on my Facebook page. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the program. But until next time, thanks for listening, and be sure to stay abreast of social media for updates and information about the next episode of the Body Shot Boxing Podcast. Body Shot Boxing Podcast.